We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice, your guys, Cody and Derek, back with another episode, guys. And hey, we didn't forget about the defense. We already did a part of our series looking at the offense, breaking down every single position group, and we figured right before training camp, we better get to the defense and get to the special teams, talk about every single other position that we haven't talked about quite yet. And today's topic we are going to be discussing is the defensive line. So just to clarify, if you guys are like, what does that all mean? Defensive end, interior defensive line, we're going to talk about everybody. So it might be a little bit of a meteor episode because there are a lot more players that we can talk about. So let's get into it. Let's start on the outside, Derek. The Colts, in my mind, have four guys that I feel really good about on that defensive end position. Uh, they have, obviously, guys from last year, Tyquan Lewis. They have Quiddy Pay and Daiwa Dangbo, both who were rookies last year that we feel like are going to take steps up. They obviously traded for Yannick Ngakwe as well. Give me your thoughts on these four defensive linemen and anybody else maybe in that room that we're not talking about as well. I think this is probably the most competent in a defensive end group that I've seen from Indianapolis in like five years. You know, it's been a long time since I've seen a very high potential group in something like this. Uh, Quiddy Pay. You know, you start out with, you know, he came on to the uh, end of the year and did very well. And he is obviously learning a lot more over this offseason and what he gets from training camp, learning from guys like Yannick Ngakwe and other uh, other defensive line coaches that he's now going to have to deal with and playing alongside some of these other guys as well. He's going to learn a lot more this year because he's going to be soaking it in a lot more now more of the detail rather than just him being a rookie from last year. He's going to soak in a lot more of that detail this year because he knows what's coming around. So obviously Quiddy pay a huge name to watch out for taking a big leap. Yannick Ngakwe, like you mentioned, hoping for him to be that stud edge rusher that the Colts have been desperately searching for to be able to provide a giant uplift in pass rush production from a, their defensive line group. You know, Yannick Ngakwe, ever since he's come into the league, has been a force to be reckoned with. You've 
obviously posted it several times about how efficient Yannick Ngakwe has been since coming into the league. So there's no question. This guy definitely has a gear to him and still in his prime. I, I mean, it's amazing that we got him. So that's very fantastic to look at. And then when you look at the depth pieces that you for sure know you're going to have at the edge, uh, Taekwon Lewis, we mentioned it several times over the offseason, Chris Ballard stating how important Taekwon Lewis has been to this defensive line because he went from a guy that was potentially going to be cut from the roster due to injuries and a lack of what seemed to be a lack of will to play at times. And then taking Chris Ballard's words to heart saying, this is your last chance to prove to me that you have something to prove here and that you want to be on this team. And then goes out and has been, uh, was the best player in training camp that year comes back in 2020 with a vengeance has four sacks. And then 2021 was a great role player before he obviously blew his knee out in the Tennessee game. So what you're seeing from Tyquan Lewis is an improved player, somebody who believes they have found their role as a backup flex defensive lineman that you feel confident in putting in a bunch of different schemes, right? Because he's athletic enough to play on the outside, but confident enough to be able to perform stunts to the inside, right? And then you have a guy in Dio Adangbo who basically has that position flexibility as well. Didn't play much in his first year due to that injury that he sustained in college. And with just due to the fact that he's he didn't have a lot of time to get in football shape. He didn't have a lot of time to get on the field and practice things at 100% the way he wished he could. This time around, things are going to be a lot different. Last year was soaking it up mentally. This year, he's going to start soaking it up physically. This is where you see that huge jump in production from a guy like Dio Adangbo. I know you posted just a, two days ago talking about the NFL needs to watch out for DeForest Buckner and Dio Adangbo on the inside. You got two six foot six, six foot seven guys with 34 and a half inch or longer arms. I mean, that is just insane seeing the size that you have from Dio Adangbo and DeForest Buckner. And then you're talking about Quiddy Pay and Yannick being able to bring that speed and that pressure off the edge. That this defensive end group definitely has a lot of high potential. Yeah, and, and I do wonder, and, and we'll talk about this with the other defensive linemen too. But like, I do wonder, like some of these guys who you know showed flashes, like with the change at guard at defensive, you know, defensive coordinator, defensive line, all those things. You know, does it allow them to maybe step it up another level? Even guys like Tyquan Lewis, who despite player, you know, a really not a great coach and Brian Baker, we can all say that. Uh, the fact that they were still, he was still able to do what he was able to do. And I mean, I think was the best defensive end the Colts had until he got injured in that Tennessee game. I do wonder how much that's going to help them make another leap here, you know, in 2022. So that's interesting. A um, couple other names here on the defensive end position, because I think the Colts are going to keep five or six guys here probably because they have a couple guys in the interior. I think they're going to keep as well. Um, key guys, you know, there's a couple guys to choose from to kind of think who could potentially round out this roster. Obviously we know Ben Banigou, former second round pick up to this point, a draft bust for the Colts. Uh, they brought in a Fetty Sorry. I completely butchered that. I know I did. Uh, they have a guy like Cameron Klein. They brought in Brian Cox. Uh, they have a few guys here 
that have some experience, you know, or, or have been in the league a couple of years, I should say, for some guys. Uh, what are your thoughts on a few of these role players at defensive end potentially? Yeah, it's ultimately going to be a matter of who fits really into the Leo position. That's really going to be the deciding factor here on who's that athletic defensive end that's going to be able to have a few mismatches here and there with some of those some of those backup offensive linemen that later on in the season when injuries start piling up, you know, somebody that can take a few snaps away from somebody like a Yannick Ngakwe who is able to get some rest, right? And your answer always comes back to Ben Banigou because of how athletic he is and how athletic he was coming out of college. Just ultimately, you and I have said it several times and it has been discussed constantly through the through the Indianapolis media that we just don't know if Ben Banigou actually wants to play. That's the big question here. He was a healthy scratch for the entire year last year and just ultimately didn't really look like he wanted to play because at the end of the day, the coaches kept saying it's all about him at practice. It's about him not doing the right things and him not showing uh, the effort that we need on the defense to be able to get those snaps. That shows a lack of commitment, you know, and we haven't seen we haven't seen him show any kind of commitment since his rookie year. So does it leave uh, room for a guys like Odenigbo and Brian Cox to be able to come in and maybe provide that if they can get some kind of benefit in that? You know, there's it, it leaves the door open for possibility because if Ben Banigou has something similar to uh, an epiphany like what Tyquan Lewis had his after his second year in the league, then it's no doubt that Ben Banigou would end up rounding out the rest of this defensive end roster. I'll say with Odin Igbo, he's a guy that actually has some production to back his name. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, 2019, he actually had seven sacks, which, you know, that's more than anybody else, you know, that backup defensive line room. So um, I think he's probably my early favorite to potentially round out uh, the number five position there. But yeah, Ben Banigou clearly, when you talk about the Leo position, he clearly is, you know, from a physical standpoint, the perfect fit, you know. But yeah, like you said, there's a lot more going on up here that needs to be addressed, you know, that's not physical. So he's got to figure it out. This, I mean, we talk about players with last chances. I mean, this is like his third last chance. Like, like if he doesn't make it here, I don't know if there's really hope for him in his career with the NFL, honestly. Uh, because if he can't even beat out, you know, um, some of these backup guys, then, then we've got some issues. So we'll see. Um, hopefully he does. Uh, obviously, we are rooting for him. Hopefully he's had a mindset change and he can really come out this season and, and maybe provide some quality minutes behind Yannick. So we'll see. Um, all right, let's move now into the interior a little bit. Um, so defensive tackle for the Colts. They have a couple guys. Obviously, we know the two starters, uh, DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart as well. Um, and, and guys, again, guys like Dio Dangbo and a few others can be a little position flexible. Um, but we're just going to talk about guys that maybe are more defensive tackles as we already, you know, did mention him. Uh, so DeForest Buckner, Grover Stewart, uh, those are your two starters. Just talk to me real quick about these two guys. I mean, what more can you say about DeForest Buckner, right? I mean, does the does the job on both ends. Great run defender and a guy that can get an occasional pass rush on the quarterback. Because, you know, he's the guy that's going to demand the double teams. You know, it's it's crazy. When you when you got a defensive tackle that demands double teams, you know that that guy's the best guy on your defensive line. And 
you know he's respected around the league for offenses to game plan around making sure that guy does not get one-on-one opportunities with your offensive lineman. Because you know that almost every single time he gets one of those, he's going to win that rep. So at the end of the day, DeForest Buckner, he speaks for himself. He Everybody knows his presence and what he provides. Grover Stewart, again, a great, great run defender for Indianapolis. Honestly, just gets overlooked all the time when it comes to the rest of this defensive line. Because when you look at from the standpoint of Grover Stewart as a pass rusher, you don't see a lot of that. You know, that's kind of been more of the back, the back end of his game. You know, he's been, he's continued to improve in that aspect. And every single year of his career, he has continuously gotten better and better at what he does because not only has he learned from his mistakes, he's gotten in better physical shape. He's gotten stronger. He's gotten faster. He's learned how to play the game more efficiently. So do we see a potential where Grover Stewart might get a few more sacks this year? It could be, it could be interesting because again, the the teams are going to be looking on the edges now a lot more with Yannick Ngakwe and Quiddy Pay. And of course, DeForest Buckner is going to demand more of the attention on the other side. So if Grover Stewart can take advantage of a few more of those reps, use that strength. The only problem that you have with a Grover Stewart is the, the ability to have a plethora of pass rush moves, you know, like swim moves or rips or things like that. It's not really a Grover Stewart thing, right? He uses more of his strength, his raw strength and power and speed to be able to knock you off your block, right? That's the Grover Stewart thing. And unfortunately, you know, Grover Stewart obviously does it very well. And it's especially uh, evident in the run game because being able to take on double teams the way he does is impressive. But when you're doing a one-on-one mano-a-mano in the pass rush game, you know, if you're not somebody like an Aaron Donald who has amazing strength grid for his size, then a lot of times the bull rush move just doesn't work a lot of times. So that's been the one thing that's held Grover Stewart back a little bit. But who knows? Maybe this season, this offseason, he develops a little bit more of a pass rush a plethora of weapons to be able to use. And maybe that works for him. Different techniques to be able to bring those things in. I hope he does because if he does, that front four is going to be super scary. Even if it's on first now, you have to take into account every single one of these guys now. Absolutely. Uh, a couple other guys here that'll back him up. Um, you got the two rookies. Obviously, Curtis Brooks and Eric Johnson that you brought in as well. Um, you have a couple names like Chris Williams. You have RJ McIntosh. And like I mentioned earlier, like guys like Dio Adangbo can play on the inside as well. Um, first off, how many guys do you see the Colts potentially keeping in the interior specifically? Um, and who do you think those you know players will be? Oh, it's going to be very interesting, you know, because there is, I mean, it's going to depend on whether or not they want to have nine or 10 guys on the defensive line to come in. I think they had nine last year, if I'm not mistaken. So I think they like to keep five ends and four, uh, four guys in the middle. So, and especially since you and I just talked about it with Taekwon's ability to occasionally come inside Dio's obvious size ability to be able to come inside. 
you know, there is opportunities for them to, you know, not bring as many defensive tackles because you have a few ends who can play that defensive tackle position. So you want to bring some more ends in for depth purposes. But when it comes to the overall guys, you know, Eric Johnson has been talked about a lot. He plays the game the way the Colts want their defensive tackles to do it with raw power and strength and he just shoots the gap at a high speed and blows plays up. And he has, and honestly, I mean, his his ability to shed blocks is so much better than guys like uh, Grover Stewart and Chris Williams in that fact. He's not only fast, but I mean, he definitely has a great technique to get off of blocks. So that could be something that really gets him involved. And ultimately, it's going to come down to Chris Williams and Curtis Brooks, you know, rounding out the position. Obviously, Chris Williams has been in the league for a little while. He's been with the Colts for a few years now. So you wonder if that position uh, knowledge will definitely get him to stay that way or if Curtis Brooks somehow comes in and matches that intensity that we saw at Cincinnati where he was one of the most productive defensive tackles in all of college football and will come in and be able to do the same thing. You know, because Curtis Brooks, while undersized, has a relentless motor and just never gives up on plays. Yep. I mean, yeah, Curtis Brooks, we talked about it already, so we don't want to rehash it, but was very productive in college. So I think he definitely could slide right into that, you know, three technique role. You know, just he maybe could move around a little bit, too, because he's a little slightly undersized. So maybe he can play some end as well. Um, We'll see on that. But I certainly think that he has. Definitely the talent and the ability uh, to definitely, you know, be a key contributor, you know, be one of those key backups there um, and be a good guy in the interior that can get after the passer, which the Colts really need as well outside of, you know, DeForest Buckner, obviously. Um, So, yeah, I think that'll really uh, do it for this defensive line room. I think we can all say this room, while it went through a lot of transition this offseason, we definitely feel like as opposed to where it was last year, this room has a lot more potential and has a lot more upside. You know, it has a lot of guys that are now, you know, entering into year two, you know, or, you know, entering into this new system. Some guys that we think still can get better for sure. And it has a, you know, proven veteran guy in Yannick Ngakwe as well. So overall, I think this is a really good group. I'm really excited to see how they come together. And ultimately, you know, when training camp hits here next week, uh, to see which guys really start to stand out. I mean, we can, we can always guess, throw darts at a dartboard, but, you know, when the pads get on, we'll see. You know, that's when we tell. So really excited for that. And guys, let us know your thoughts on this defensive line room. Do you, do you think it's as good as we think it could be? Um, who are kind of your you know breakout guys? Let us know all these things. Who do you think ultimately makes the final 53 man out of this group? Do you think the Colts keep eight, nine, 10 guys? Let us know in the comments below. That'll do it for this one, guys. Thank you so much for all your support. And as always, guys, go Colts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? 
Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.